Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app featuring improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use toward dining, shows, and hotel rooms at more than 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager with BetMGM, sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in Kansas to bet. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome back in. Hour number two of the program here on Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing for us. 869-1240. We're about 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes away from picks. Uh, before we do that, our football picks of the weekend and into next week with some bowl game action as well, Tommy. Let's talk KU basketball. Wrap up the non-con last night. Harvard, who we you know, we thought 21 points seemed a little fishy uh, with everything. The holiday week and Harvard's usually pretty good. And KU had been you know riding so high. It felt like a real opportunity for that game to be closer than it should. And that's exactly what happened. Um, nothing concerning by any means. Thought Jalen Wilson would step it up in a big way after the Indiana game. That's exactly what he did. Uh, it was, you know, sort of he and Dick and McCuller leading the way offensively. K.J. Adams was really good in the game. But, you know, certainly not the performance that inspires confidence. But they didn't need that. I didn't think Tommy last night, after the way they'd been playing, it was just a spot where it's like, just get through this game, right? Just get through this game and get to the non-con. There really wasn't anything we wanted or needed to see in this one, right? Like they had played these good teams and really performed well. And this was just sort of a game that's in the mix there to keep them fresh before conference play. It had all the indications of a letdown game uh, for the Jayhawks. Uh, You know, it's, it's Christmas week. Um, It's a couple of days before Christmas. Um, I thought that the, the, the crowd was good though. Uh, It was better, I think than the Indiana game, Uh, but still it had all the markings of, a letdown game for the Jayhawks. They had played so well uh, in the three, two or three games before that one. And then Harvard came in and you don't really know much about them. And they hadn't really played anybody, but yet they had a good record and they have a good coach. And we know that, uh, you know, they can play quickly and they, they want to get up and run. It, it just, it had, again, all the markings of a letdown. I actually bet Harvard to cover. Um, so I was glad I did that. I, I knew that the Jayhawks would win, uh, but I had, Harvard to cover, which they did. Um, I think the only thing coming out of that game that could potentially be a tiny storyline, I don't think it's going to linger long-term. Jalen Wilson didn't play particularly well. Um, Now, he did cross over in that 1,000-point club uh, that is awesome, and he's one of the all-time greats uh, for the Jayhawks and getting into that exclusive club. That's awesome. Uh, But he didn't play particularly well 
especially at the beginning of the game. Um, I don't think it's going to be anything that lingers long term as we get into Big 12 play. That might be the only kind of storyline that I, I look at out of this game. But other than that, it's just a W, wraps up the non-con, and we look ahead to Big 12 play. Yeah, it's it's fine. I didn't like there was nothing. I don't really care, right? I don't really care about that game because I because it, it just it was a placeholder to give them a game before they got into conference play. I don't there's nothing that was like, "Oh my goodness, this is troubling here." I I and I feel like by the way, like I feel like everybody could see it coming. I I I mean, I didn't I don't think I talked to a Jayhawk fan in the last couple of days that wasn't like, "Yeah, this game against Harvard's going to like it's going to be annoying." And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I we, it, it played out exactly like we thought it would. Everybody could see it coming. And so it's fine. So as we look through and look back through the non-con then, um, you know, KU had a great performance against Indiana, great performance against Missouri, great performance against Seton Hall. You know, you have the blemish against Tennessee, but it feels like the Indiana game sort of wipes that away. So they had... You know, they had a nice start, which you assume they would based on the opponents they played. They got a win over Duke. Uh, they got a win over Wisconsin. They got those wins we just talked about. There's, It's all there for you where they struggled in Atlantis a little bit. All of those things that sort of caused them to, they've gotten better at. I, I just, I cannot, even with the loss, like th- there wouldn't be anything that had played out realistically that would have me feeling any better about KU. Now the question becomes, Tommy, though, what does that mean for their standing in the Big 12? We have seen some predictions that the Big 12 will send nine teams to the NCAA tournament, which, by the way, is not unreasonable, in my opinion. I think there are at least nine teams that are you know, good enough and capable. I, I think that you know, it, what will get really interesting is just how good Baylor is, right, just how good Texas is, and it's weird that we haven't heard a word, at least I haven't, on the Chris Beard situation in a while. But um, there's going to be some competition at the top, but I ain't taking anybody over KU to win the Big 12 this year. Neither am I. And when you look at the way that the Big 12 conference play starts out for the Jayhawks, uh, I think it's a pretty nice way to ease yourself into conference play. They're at home against Oklahoma State on New Year's Eve. They're on the road against Texas Tech. And, and you know, Mark Adams has a nice program down there with Texas Tech. But, um, you know, then you're on the road against West Virginia and back at home against Oklahoma. So you don't, and then, of course, at home against Iowa State on the road at Kansas State. You don't play a currently ranked team in the top 25 until January 21st at home against TCU, who's ranked 20th right now, and then they go on the road at Baylor, on the road at Kentucky. So it gets a little bit more difficult as we get into the latter part of January, but they kind of have the opportunity to ease into conference play a little bit. Um, and, And I'm glad that you said when you were evaluating where this team is right now that the areas of concern where they struggled in Atlantis against Tennessee you said that they've gotten better at. I'm glad that you said gotten better at because I agree with you. I don't think they fixed it. I don't think it's perfect. Um, right. I think it's an imperfect solution right now. We know that where the, the, the player that they're starting at the five, I like KJ Adams. I like his athleticism. He's not a true five, uh, but that's just the, the, the way that they're going to have to play him. Um, 
there's not anybody else right now as it stands. And I know that Zuby Edge of Four played really well uh, against Indiana. And then, of course, you've got Ernest Dude, who's there on the bench also. Those guys are nice compliments. They're good role players right now, but they've not supplanted uh, KJ Adams in that starting role at the five as of now. Um, so I'm glad that you said they've gotten better at that because I agree with you. I think they've gotten better at both ends of the court at the five position. They haven't fixed it entirely, uh, but I'm a lot more confident about where that stands right now. Well, yeah. I mean, look, they, they just, they're doing things that we needed to see them do. You know, it's not, it's, it's just not, it, I feel like people gave this team no chance to be good at that position. And that might be overstating it a little bit, but when you compare it to what that position has been for them, well, no, they're not going to be as good offensively at that position. They're not. Like, they had, they went from Doak to, to David McCormick. And, and they've had a bunch of guys at that position that are really gifted offensive players. They don't have to have that. There's all kinds of college basketball teams that win titles without great offensive centers, right? Like, it's not – it's just what they've had in recent years, that doesn't mean anything. Now, what they did need to do is learn how to defend that position a little bit better, and I do think that they've done that. I think Indiana showed us that, that they've defended that position better because they went against Duke and did a pretty good job against bigs, but bigs that play a little more untraditionally. Then they went against Tennessee, who has a ton of size, who sort of pushed them around a little bit. And then they went up against Indiana, who has one of the best bigs in the country, and they did fine. So... Yeah, that's progress. And again, I don't I don't need that position to be like 15 and 10 every week. I don't think that's the way this team's going to work offensively. I think they've got enough firepower. It'll be the defensive end, and they've gotten better at that. So we'll see. The Big 12 is going to be a grind. I don't think anybody's just ripping through the Big 12 with one or two losses this year. It's going to be a grind. I mean, the league is really good and really tight. And I think I do think KU's the best in the league. But they're going to have to go out there and prove it. And and I'm excited for it. I cannot wait for, uh, not just them, for K-State too. Big 12 basketball is going to be a blast this year. It's been fun to watch the Jayhawks in the non-conference. And, um, you know, there have been a couple of moments where, uh, yeah, especially the Tennessee game, where I've been like, man, I don't know. Like, doesn't really look very good. But I think the moments of, all right, this team is solid and they're electric, they're explosive, far outweighs the other side of it. I feel really good going into conference play. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll give ourselves plenty of time to make our picks for the week. Jad will get us caught up on where things stand. We'll look ahead to the NFL weekend and get the uh, get the Liberty Bowl in there as well. Sports Daily coming right back at you on a Friday edition. All right, welcome back in, everybody. It is that time of the week where myself, Jacob, Tommy, and Paul get together for some picks. Merry Christmas, Paul Savage. Glad to have you. Staying warm, I hope. Boy, I'll tell you what, it is tough. It is tough to do that. But doing the best we can. This city is resilient. This isn't the first time we've been cold. It won't be the last time. You know, we're getting through it. That's right. 
Much better today than it was yesterday, and it'll progressively get better until we get back into the 50s next week. It's going to feel awesome. Like, let's hit the swimming pool, right? Uh, All right, Jad, catch us up. Where are we this week, uh, and how do things stand as we get ready to go into the Christmas holiday? Well, what it looks like uh, so far and where things stand is, uh, Jacob, you did good. Good enough anyway. We're on a run. Here we go. <laughs> yep, five and four on the week. Tommy three and six. Paul five and four. But Ugh. the upside of this, Jacob, you got Tommy. Yes, Ugh. I did. You're and both that sixty-one is and sixty-five. The critical moment here. Uh, I've made one move, and now, now I'm coming for you, big boy. I'm on. I'm right on your heels here. Uh, it's going to take. Like kind of like the varsity playing the jv though when you look at it those kind yeah, of yeah 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 we'll, we'll see <laughs> no, it's going to take about a herculean the effort tommy's the jv tommy you're oh, the oh, thank you, paul. i appreciate that okay. thank you paul uh <laughs> wait, wait let's let's jump right in because we're going to get through these nfl games and then and then talk liberty bowl as well uh let's start with bills and bears bears at home plus eight and a half uh paul you're the leader so i'll let you kick things off how do you feel about this one well, I've seen the list. Thank you for sending me the list to kind of look at. Uh, uh, I'm going to be giving a lot of points this weekend. Uh, this is just going to be the way it's going to shape up. Not all, but I'm going to give away a lot of points. I'm going to give away a lot of points on this pick. I'm going to give away eight and a half. But I'm going to take the Bills because this is a game that uh, I think the Bears are probably looking at it. Let's get the season over. Bills still trying to get better. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bears. The thing that scares me, though, Jacob and Tommy, is at some point teams are going to start resting players. And is that this week? I don't know, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Bills. No, I don't think it'll be this week. Uh, And I'll go next since we'll just go in order here. I don't think it'll be this week because they still have to try and lock up home field advantage. Um, I'm going to go with you here. and, And it's more about the Bills being able to really stifle potentially Chicago's offense, which is interesting for me to say because I'm going to take the over in this game. I just feel like Justin Fields has the chance to break one off at any point and can get them to 14 points. And if they get to 14, I think they'll cover the over anyway. But I I just don't see their defense slowing the Bills down. They played better against Philly last week. Can they do it two weeks in a row? I don't think so. I'll take the Bills and lay the points. Tommy? Yeah, I mean, I've got the opportunity for an island here, but I don't think I'm going to take it. And the only reason that I say that is because, you know, I think that the Bills more than likely are going to score, what, in the upper 20s, low 30s, somewhere around there. And as much as I do like the Bears, I genuinely do. I like Justin Fields, and I like what he's done over the last several weeks. I'm not so sure that against the Bills' defense that the Bears are going to be able to score enough to cover that and to make sure that, you know, they're able to get that that spread of eight and a half covered. So I'm going to make it a clean sweep. I'll take Buffalo and I'll lay the points. Uh, all right, let's go to the next game. I'll start this one off. Texans at Titans minus three and a half. These are all interesting lines because they could all change so much based on what the weather does. As of right now, the Texans have struggled to defend the run. They've been better the last couple of weeks, but not that much better. The Titans are desperate for a win. They've got Derrick Henry, especially if the weather's bad. I'm going to lay the three and a half and take Tennessee. Tommy, what do you think? Well, the Titans are probably the most fraudulent team in the NFL, uh, and they don't have Ryan Tannehill. He's done. Malik Willis will be getting the start. We know what Malik Willis can do because we watched him play against Kansas City. He can't do anything at all. So it's going to be a healthy dose of Derrick Henry. And, yeah, we know that the Texans can't stop the run. So you would think – 
that that would mean that the Titans should run all over the Texans. But we've seen Houston play both the Chiefs and the Cowboys pretty closely over the last couple of weeks. So because of that, I'm going to take the Texans and I'll take the points. All right, Paul, what do you think? That's well spoken. That is a prediction that will be bound to fail. But that was a nice try, Tommy. I'm going to take the Titans. They're going to be able to run the football at the home game. You know, there's still a little pride left in this team. I'm going to go ahead and take the Titans. Okay. Uh, Let's move on to the next one. Let's go Seahawks and Chiefs. And we're going by kick time, so they're noon game. That's why we're doing this one a little earlier. Tommy, you've got a chance to lead us off here. Chiefs minus 10 hosting Seattle. I love my Kansas City Chiefs, but there is not a chance in hell that I'm going to take them to cover a double-digit spread after what we've seen this season. They've only covered the spread three games this entire year, and they've not covered in seven straight. Eventually, you know that that's going to have to change, but I don't think this is going to be the case. I think the Chiefs do win, but I'm taking the Seahawks to cover. Paul, what do you think? Well, all that analytical stuff is just fine, but Tommy, I'm going to go with my gut. And my gut has gotten me into the lead of this of this entire Friday football picks on course daily. That's my gut. My gut says the Chiefs cover, and they cover by more than 10. I'm taking the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Tommy. The numbers don't lie. I just can't do it until they prove us wrong. I'm, I'm over. Beautiful. I'm over trying to will it into existence. Yeah, I think the Chiefs will win, but they just don't cover ever. So I'll take yeah. Seattle and the points. Uh, Giants, Vikings. Uh, Paul, you're up first on this one. Vikes minus four at home against New York. Don't like this game. I just do not like this game because these are two teams that I think to a certain point we're still trying to figure out a little bit. I mean, we know a lot about them, but you get my point. They're teams that that I just don't know who's showing up. The Vikings are giving four. That's enough points to make me take the Giants. Okay, uh, I'll go next. It's so hard. We're talking about the first half Vikings or the second half Vikings. Kirk Cousins usually does play well in an in a typical, you know, noon environment, uh, I think I think the Giants got lucky last week. I'm going to take the Vikings and reluctantly lay the four. I don't, I'm with you, Paul. I don't like it either from a betting perspective. What do you think, Tommy? Yeah, this one might be the most difficult game of the weekend to pick because, um, yeah, the Vikings looked absolutely awful in the first half against Indianapolis and then looked incredibly great in the second half against the Colts but I don't know for for a team like the Vikings four is a lot I think I'm reluctantly going to take Paul's side and I'll take the Giants and I'll take the points all right Bengals at Patriots Patriots are plus three at home this is one where I'll put my money where my mouth is I'm taking the Bengals I think they're still ascending I just I, I like them offensively and I like them defensively and I think they can cover the three points here. I'll take Cincinnati, Tommy. Yeah, I'm with you. This one is one of the easier ones to pick of the weekend, in my opinion. We talked about it yesterday with Chelsea Messenger about how the Bengals seem to be undervalued somewhat. The fact that they're I know they're on the road, but they're they're only three point favorites. Uh, I think that they're going to win by more than that against a Patriots team that is just middle of the road. They're just an okay football team at best. So I'm going to take Cincinnati and I'll lay the points. Paul, what do you think? A chance for an island, big fella. You know something? I was going to take the Bengals. And for all the reasons that you guys said, 
But the one thing you didn't, either one of you mentioned, was Bill Belichick. And that is the one reason that I can take the Pats. I have a shot at this game. I was going to take the Bengals. But you two going and giving me the island with Bill Belichick, that's an island I don't mind being on. I will take the Pats. All right. Uh, interesting. We go on now to the Commanders and the 49ers. Niners uh, minus seven at home. You still riding that Brock train, Tommy? You think they can cover seven at home against Washington? Yeah, I think they can. And it's, you know, partly Brock Purdy has, I think, exceeded expectations at quarterback for the 49ers. But it's also, as we've talked about multiple times, all the weapons around him and just that absolutely elite top level defense that the 49ers have. I'm going to take San Francisco and I'll lay the points. Um, I, uh, I'm going to take Washington. I think they're mad about last week. I think they, I believe they get Chase Young back this week. I think that could be a real problem for a young quarterback. So I, I like the Niners to win, but I think Washington can play within the number there. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the seven points. Paul, what do you think? Well, listen, if you talk to any 49ers fan in the city of Wichita, they found their quarterback for the next 15 years. That's the feeling that runs through the community that is the San Francisco 49ers. And I think they're the real deal. Brock Purdy, I know he's only two or three games in. I get it. I understand it. But you want to know something? I'm not buying the hype, too. He's the quarterback of the future. He'll be there a long time. Do I say he's the next Joe Montana, just one step below Joe Montana? I'm going to go ahead and take the 49ers. Guys, I'm believing in the 49ers. I'm taking the 49ers. All right, uh, I'll take that island a little bit. I thought I might get one there. Eagles at Cowboys minus four. Paul, you're up first here. Wow. This this one's tough. No Jalen Hurts, we assume. What do you think? We assume, yes. Uh, But but it's still a good football team at the Cowboys. Cowboys giving four uh, to a team that's won as many games as the Eagle has, 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 has won. Boy, what this, to me, the toughest game. I mean, Tommy, is this, this is tough for you two. I'm guessing it's going to be tough for Jacob in particular. Uh, gosh, I, I'm going to take the Cowboys just because it's at home. Don't ask me why. I guess I would know a little more if Hurts is playing, but I don't know that he is. We don't know that he is. I'll take the Cowboys, but, man, I've got no confidence in this pick. Uh, I don't either. I, I'll – Cowboys are playing so bad, but – they got to be able to win this game if Jalen Hurts isn't playing, or they're not going to do anything in the postseason. So for that reason, I'll take I'll take the Cowboys here and lay the points at home. Uh, Tommy, what do you think? Well, Jalen Hurts is not playing per Nick Sirianni. Gardner Minshew will get the start for the Eagles, and you know what? I think out of all of the backups that are playing this week at quarterback across the NFL. Gardner Minshew might be the best one. I don't think that the Eagles will win. I think the Cowboys get the win at home in front of their passionate fan base. But I do think the Eagles can cover because, yeah, it's not just about the quarterback. They've got a pretty complete team around the quarterback position. So I'll take that I'll take that island. I'll take the Eagles to cover. I, listen, I absolutely think the Eagles can cover this, but I'll take the Cowboys. It's a point of desperation for them. All right, Packers, Dolphins, uh, Dolphins minus four. This I, I cannot. This might be my favorite game of the week uh, because both teams have so much to prove and play for here. I will. Um, 
But the Packers have to win them all to stay in contention. You can almost see that coming. Mm, I don't want to take the Packers. I can't take I, 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 I don't know here. I don't know what to do, so I'll take the home team. I'll lay the points. I think the Packers have a real chance to win this game, though, Tommy. What do you think? Yeah, as you mentioned, it's desperation time for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They've got to win out to make it to the playoffs. And these two teams are kind of on different directions right now. The Dolphins have underwhelmed the last few weeks, while the Packers are playing better than they were at the beginning of the season. Uh, Because of that, I'll take the Packers and I'll take the points. I think that this game may come down to a field goal. I think it's going to be a three-point game. So if the Packers are getting four, I'll go ahead and take that. Uh, All right. Paul, what do you think? Well, I have lost a lot of confidence in the Dolphins as well. First of the year, I think uh, all of us were were not hesitant to take the Dolphins. We thought this was going to be a really good football. And I'm not saying they're not a good football team, but I'm saying I don't have the confidence in them that I had earlier in the year. Packers desperation. Packers and desperation go hand in hand. Go all the way back to Vince Lombardi. You guys have heard of Vince Lombardi, I think. And you go back to his day. I mean, it's a, it's it's the Packers. It's religion. It's your God, family, and that's it. You got the Packers on top. I'm going to go with the Packers uh, partly because, yeah, they're playing for something. And they're playing for pride as well. I'm going to take the Packers. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? That's an island I didn't expect that I'll gladly take. Tommy, Chargers at Colts. Colts give uh, getting four and a half at home. It's another pretty interesting one. We've seen Jekyll and Hyde from Indianapolis. What do you think here? Are the Los Angeles Chargers finally rounding into form? I mean, they are, right now, a playoff team. They definitely need that to continue in the way that they're playing. And they're on the road against an Indianapolis team that can't win. They can't hold leads. They can't do anything like that. I honestly thought that this spread would be larger in favor of the Chargers. It's only four and a half. I think the Chargers win by at least a touchdown, if not more. I'll t- I'll take L.A. and I'll lay the points. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to do the same. I will take the points there. Minus four and a half. I think the Chargers are ascending and trending in the right direction and getting a little bit healthier, just a little bit healthier anyway. Paul, what do you think? I would take this if the spread was double at nine. I would still take the Chargers on this one. Nothing about the Colts makes me confident. I thought there was a little confidence about four or five games ago. I'm not confident anymore. Chargers, this is the easiest pick of the day. Okay, yeah, we're, we're all sharing a brain on that one. Uh, KU and Arkansas, let's switch before we go here to the Liberty Bowl. Um, Arkansas is minus three. Looks like just like the Sugar Bowl, which we're also watching closely. We're going to get players playing in this game. Um, you know, mm, well, you know what? It's not my first pick, actually. Paul, it's your first pick. You got the first shot at this. Give me a minute to think Glad about it. it. What do you think? Well, I'm glad to take this shot because part of the thing about KU is that from the optimism we had as the first of the year to where we are right now, guys, you know, a win for KU gives them a winning record, a loss. They're a losing record, and that hurts when you recruit. It hurts everything. So I look at it in terms of this. Not sure who all is playing. Not sure who all is hurt. Not sure about Arkansas. I've only seen them play on television two or three times this year. Uh but I'm going to go with my gut on this, and my gut says the following. 
a mediocre SEC team is better than a mediocre Big 12 team. And that's my reasoning for taking Arkansas and giving the three. All right, Tommy, what do you think? Um, I couldn't care less what this spread is. Uh, It's the first bowl game for my Jayhawks in the last 15 years. So the number doesn't matter to me. Give me the Jayhawks. I'm picking this one from my heart. They'll cover. I like them to win. I like them on the money line. I don't care. Call me a homer. Doesn't matter to me the number. I'm taking the Jayhawks. I do think it's a good opportunity for the Big 12 and for Kansas. I do think the extra preparation time will probably help. Um, I'll take KU. I'll take KU. The, t- I, the field goal may matter. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to do because Arkansas I liked early in the year, and they sort of faded just like KU a little bit. I, I, I'm, I'll I'm, i take the Jayhawks with the extra prep time. An opportunity here for Lance Leipold to show us how good of a coach he is. Remind us how good of a coach he is in-game. Uh, we'll do that. Let's take KU there. Those are the picks. Jad's got the receipts. Here we go. It's uh, it's bowl season now. Now we're actually into bowl season. And there are a few we're watching that Liberty Bowl is certainly one of them. Paul, stay warm. Stay warm. Well, I I appreciate it. You guys too. And uh, I've been assigned. I've got an assignment, Jacob. My we're having the family over for uh, Thanksgiving. We're out of tea. Guess where I'm going to get uh, some tea for our 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 Sunday Christmas afternoon. Uh, buffet. I'm running over to uh, HTO, picking up the tea, tea either today or tomorrow. Paul, we appreciate that. Your family, you'll be well, the, you'll be the welcome. life of the party. You'll be the hit. I am. That that will be it. And and thank you so much for what all you and your wife have done with that. I'm really proud of you guys. Tommy, have Thanks, a great Paul. Christmas. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, hosting with you a couple of days next week. Should be fun. Yeah, you'll get Tommy and Paul next week. It'll be it'll be entertaining as always. Uh, I'll be out of town a couple of days next week. Let's uh, all right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We got one more uh, full segment here to go on Sports Daily. We'll get you what's on tap on the networks today. Eight six nine twelve forty opportunity to call, and uh, we're pretty open in the next segment. So give us a shout. We'll talk after this on Sports Daily. Six nine twelve forty. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. The mood is right. Welcome back, everybody. Tommy, I got an early Christmas present last night. Uh, so we talk bets, right, with Chelsea Messenger on Thursdays. One of my favorite bets, and we we try to tell people about this, is the BetMGM first touchdown insurance bet. Uh, you hear us do the reads all the time. So on Mondays and Thursdays, you can bet $25 on a first touchdown of the, of the primetime football game. And if you don't hit it, they'll give it back to you as an insurance bet. So it's basically a free $25 bet. Now, I would never bet $25 on long odds bets like that, but with that promotion, 
I do it. And I hit it one other time with Justin Fields. And last night, I put it on Trevor Lawrence. I, I couldn't find a good... I was like, I don't, I don't like anybody in, you know, to as far as in like odds on fit because both backfields were a little up in the air, right? Both, you know, the Jets' defense was pretty good, and they're certainly good against the pass. I was like, I don't know who to put this on. I was like, you know what? Quarterbacks score, and they always get long odds. Let's see if we can get Trevor Lawrence in the end zone once. And I didn't even see it happen. I was going to check on a KU bet last night, and and I was like, where's this money coming from? What happened to my account? And I looked. I was like, oh, my God, the Trevor Lawrence bet hit. Merry Christmas to me. That was fantastic. I think 25 bucks paid like $575 or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I, I credit you for, for making that pick because even with long odds, I'm not sure that I would have taken Trevor Lawrence, even with the free insurance bet. Like, I, I don't know, maybe like a Garrett Wilson or somebody like that is probably who I would have thrown the money down on. Well, I, I would have loved Trevor Garrett Lawrence. Wilson. Except Zach Wilson was playing. So that eliminated True, yeah. when when I saw Zach Wilson play, I'm like, oh, I'm not taking any Jets because I'm not sure how they'll score. And I and I also yeah. took the over on the game just because the Jags defense had struggled recently. But I was like, I can't I, I can't do that. And then when it got to the Jags, they spread the ball out so much among the receivers and Travis Etienne hadn't scored a ton of touchdowns and his odds just weren't good enough. It's a free bet though. That's the thing. Like again, I would yeah. never take long odds bets like that. Unless the money was free, and but because it is, I was like, you know what, Trevor Lawrence is—he could get into the end zone. He's an athletic guy, and boom, there it is. And man, I was—that was—that uh, was awesome to see that. So take advantage of that bet if you don't. If you—if you're betting and you use BetMGM, which is you know the 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 site that we talk about here on this show, that's one of the best promos of any site that there is. Because it's a free bet and and gives you a chance at long odds with with the amount like never would bet twenty five bucks on a on a long odds bet like that. But there we go, uh, Tommy. The other headline news yesterday is Trevor Bowers done with his suspension. So it's a little bit confusing. An arbitrator basically came in and said one hundred and thirty games was warranted, but that's enough, and he can come back. So Trevor Bauer's suspension gets cut by what, like 190 games. So basically it's another season that he doesn't have to sit out. He hasn't pitched since 2021. The Dodgers are going to owe him his salary whether he plays for them or not now. And there is some indication from reporting that they're going to go ahead and cut him anyway. Now what I don't know is if they have to pay him if somebody else picks him up, which which another team almost certainly would, don't you think? Like, I don't know that there are 30 Major League Baseball teams in unison that are ready and willing to shun Trevor Bauer because he he does have a lot of ability. And this was a messy, nasty, ugly situation. He's been suspended for a really long time. Um, he doesn't help himself at all because he's kind of a jerk. So I, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of this. But I'm almost certain somebody, whether it's the Dodgers or somebody else, is going to give him a chance to pitch for them. I think whoever picks him up, I don't think it's going to be the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are going to cut ties with him entirely. But whoever picks him up, if there is a team out there, they better be ready because they're going to be criticized and protested yeah, against and all of but that. They're going to be. But, but I'm, that's not all. There's also a really big gamble here because we haven't seen Trevor Bauer pitch in nearly two years. And so, yeah, he's got a lot of ability. He's a former Cy Young winner. 
But who knows if his stuff is anywhere as good it's as it true. was two years ago. So who knows? That's true. Yeah, there's, there is there is certainly an on-the-field gamble, and I'm sure he'll have to get out there and throw and let teams see that. Um, it's just It's interesting because, yes, there would be blowback initially, and we know those microphones are really loud at the very beginning, and then they go away, and it's all about did you help our team win. Do you honestly think that if Deshaun Watson helps Cleveland win – that anybody in Cleveland is going to be talking about his off-field issues because they're not. They're just going to be happy he's there helping them win games. I mean, we it's, it won't it's a be, story as old as time. Yeah, it won't be anybody in the fan base. Uh, it'll be people who are not part of the fan base who are either in Cleveland or nationally that, you know, will remind folks of that because it happens all the time. Like, yeah, the initial fan base, like, they're kind of like, okay, like, we can forgive and forget, move on. Uh, but look at somebody like Michael Vick. Um even when he came back and played, there were still people nationally that were constantly protesting and reminding everybody of the bad things that he did. So, um, yeah, I think the blowback will continue, but it won't be from people who are actually in the fan base. Well, and look, Michael Vick, to me, is one of the great redemption stories we've ever seen. Um, what he did was awful, but his recovery and remorse from it is like the goal of the entire justice system, right? It's an unrealistic goal in most cases, but in that case, it seems to have worked. And and that redemption is fantastic. Now, I don't know where guys are capable of redemption. That's, a, that's an impossible thing to quantify. But I do think that, generally speaking, after these situations, if players in any of the major sports kind of keep their nose clean after they come back, People sort of just don't like how often are people talking about Kareem Hunt that way anymore now in, in Cleveland? I mean, it doesn't really happen. Right. So and that's why teams are willing right, to do this to win, because they know, yeah, it's an initial PR hit and then it just sort of goes away. And I'm not saying that's right by any means. Don't. Yeah. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just trying to tr- trying to gauge the possibility of Bauer coming back and being a, a big time pitcher in Major League Baseball. And look at two of the the most high-profile players that um, kind of had to go back and, and do that, and they kept their nose clean afterwards. You think of Kobe Bryant and Ben Roethlisberger, and you know no, nobody ever talks about that stuff. The difference with Trevor Bauer, though, is that he's so bombastic that you know th- I think that that's going to be a little bit of a gamble for a team uh, to, to bring him in. But I think you're right. I mean, I'm sure that there is some team out there that will take that gamble. Uh, we'll see if it pays off. And And look. Yeah, it took Ben Roethlisberger a few tries at it, right? Like, a few tries. All right, let's real quick, uh, Tommy, this has been on your brain. Moose and Hosmer have both been released in Major League Baseball. And you asked me last night what whether there was any value in bringing them back to the Royals. I don't think that there really is because all they could do is block somebody. I'm not sure either of them are catapulting the Royals to contention, and I'm not sure either of them would be happy coming back as part-time bench players. So I'm not sure what the path would be to get them back. So no, I, I don't. I mean, it'd be a fun story, but you know, Grinky last year came back. There was a need and a spot for Grinky. I'm not sure there's a need or a spot for either one of those guys, unless you wanted to try and make one of them an outfielder. I don't think either one of these guys are full-time baseball players for any team in the majors right now uh it didn't work out for Hosmer with the Red Sox and things got pretty bad for Moustakis in Cincinnati uh to where like I was on social media yesterday when the Reds announced they had released him and 
the fan base was pretty happy that he was out of there. Um, so I, I don't know if either one of them would necessarily object to being a platoon player, a part-time guy coming off the bench, a DH, that sort of thing. I don't know if that would hurt the Royals if they can get him for pennies on the dollar to be, you know, a veteran leadership come back for a year. I don't know if that's a bad thing necessarily. It certainly is not needed. It's not necessary. Uh, but I, I don't know if it would be a bad thing at all to see Eric Hosmer or Mike Moustakis end their careers where it started. If they were willing to come back and be part-time bench players or maybe give some depth and try to become an outfielder, I'd be all for it. I, I would say, yes, go for it. I'm not sure either of those guys are wired that way. I do think if Moose is healthy, he might be able to help somebody. Um it just would be odd to me. I, I don't know. I mean, if yeah, if they were willing to come back as part-time guys and, and wanted to join a bench and bring some of that winning way back into the locker room and do some of those things, sure. I mean, I'm not sure there's on. a team. It, like I said, I'm not sure there's a team for either one of these guys that would be willing to plug them in full-time right now. Um, they're both approaching their mid-30s, uh, and they've both declined in production over the years. I do think that if you brought them in uh, – it, it, it provides a little bit of a spark to the fan base a little bit, you know, to see these guys back in Kansas City. I mean, they're beloved figures. And when they left, uh, the, the respective teams they went to, they weren't really beloved figures in those new cities. Um, so bringing them back to Kansas City where they won a World Series title, both of them, they're good friends. Uh, if they can provide veteran leadership and mentor some of these young guys, that might not be a terrible thing. Yeah, I, no, I, it it could make some sense. It, it's it's really up to them. I mean, the Royals have to want them, but they've got to want the role too. And and a lot of times, players can sort of wait it out a little bit too for a team to get desperate. Um, so that's you know you never know what's going to happen. Um, but it'll be interesting. They are two names that we obviously will pay some attention to because they have so much history and great memory with the organization. Um, and the fans would get excited for that, I think. And and I, I do think having them in there to recapture and sort of groom some of the younger players, because we'd heard there were weird locker room things last year and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I'm who do you have front. really? Who do you have really as veteran leadership? I mean, you've got Salvi, um, but really outside of him, you don't really have that. Right. I think the only thing to keep in mind is that the uh, – the, the front office and the management is different now than it was when they were there before. Totally. No different. Dayton Moore, no Ned Yost. Um, so that might that might preclude them from coming back, but you never know. But they do value Salvi, and Salvi would probably yeah. speak to those guys, I would imagine, that, you know, just being in that locker room quite a bit, I don't think there was anybody that didn't like anybody in those locker rooms. That was such a tight-knit group. All right, 869-1240. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's on tap today on the networks and into the weekend. Sports Daily wraps up the week right after this. Man. 